Self-worth is the unlock. Welcome to the Self-Care Savage podcast. A self-care savage is a term that I've coined that combines elements of self-care and a more assertive and bold approach to taking care of oneself and growing their self-worth. On the Self-Care Savage podcast, we will explore how self-care and self-worth are always in the driver's seat in all parts of our lives and how we act and react to life. If you haven't already, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and take a quick second to give the podcast a rating and a review. That's how we grow and reach more people to spread the message. Therapy is... So there's there's certainly different levels of therapy, and so we're gonna stay away from the um, the intense psychiatry kind of therapy. That's not a realm that uh, that's that now you're you're getting into medications and you're getting into severe depressive type episodes or um, some you know real dangerous behaviors that need you know a little bit more attention along those lines. Um, and so, you know, we're going to stay a little bit, certainly below that. Therapy is a huge uh, benefit. Um, and if you find the right therapist, it's like anything else uh, is finding the right therapist. Therapy is designed to get you in a position, however long it could take, depending on what your issues are, or what you're dealing with, your traumas or you know, what you've just gone through just now with a relationship or a breakup or a death, grieving, all of those things. And there's also therapists that specialize in all of these things, grief therapy, relationship therapy, marriage therapy, family therapy, uh, drugs and alcohol, uh, recovery, addiction. It's, you know, there's a lot of specialization in it. So it, again, it's doing your own research and finding someone to help you this is what you're trying to do. Therapy is to help you get yourself in a better position to move forward without all of what is is going is causing you and causing problems in your life now. So, for example, um, if you did just go through a breakup, it's uh, really been hard. Um, you're this person was a big part of your life, a big focus. You put a lot into it. You may have left a job for it. You may have moved across the country for it. You may have done all these other other things that that made it more intense. And a lot of that is more what has to do with you. So this goes to with therapy. Again, you're not going there to try to fix the other person or try to uh, come up with some better techniques to handle somebody like that next time. Therapy is for you to understand how, why you're dealing with it, why you're having a hard time, why you you would continue to pursue someone that uh, doesn't want to have a relationship with you. You know, you these are great opportunities for you to understand where these things come from and these feelings. So if you want to have a relationship in the future or uh, get into a relationship in the future, you will be better, know how to handle things better you'll be able to see red flags that come up and you'll be able to pay more attention to the behaviors that are just that, that bring you to a um, maybe being a little bit more destructive in your life or 
or giving yourself up for someone else, which is never going to work. A therapist is to work with you to help you come up with a plan, identify some things you may you may not be uh, uh, able to see at the moment, uh, to help you come up with a plan to deal with things, whether that's jumping back in your past a little bit. Why is there a connection with this with a parent or or a different relationship? And maybe understanding that it's over. Uh, it's not anything you you need to be bringing into the present. And, you know, help you work on that, whether it's, you know, journaling and things like that. And that leads into your question a little bit about cognitive behavioral therapy. So a couple of things here, there's uh, cognitive behavioral therapy is what is mostly used with uh, uh, PTSD. A lot of our uh, military, uh, so a lot of those going through the, that particular type of therapy because it more is to address what is causing problems in your life right now. Getting a handle on exactly what those are, how they're affecting you. And then if you got to go back in the past for a minute, because you've connected the dots that you have these feelings or the lack of self-worth with men because of the way your dad treated you or whatever it is, you go back and understand that happened. But it's not you as other messages or whatever happened, you reconcile it. And then you're able to quickly come back to now and, and know how to deal with things differently now and things you need to work on. So you go forward in a very positive, uh, higher self-worth, higher, more equipped to, again, handle things in the future. That's what cognitive behavioral therapy is a lot about. The other things, more intense ways that I used it was cognitive behavioral therapy is, has what's called thought pattern interruption. And I still probably use that hundreds of times a day sometimes. Thought pattern interruption is, again, is, is immediately attacking a negative thought that comes in your brain. You don't let it linger. You, you're, what, you're, what you're working to do is get into a place that going forward the rest of your life, the chances of that critical voice or whatever trauma you went through, demons, whatever you want to call them, just completely going away especially when something stressful comes up and they start pounding on you. Oh, you can't handle this. You're, you're, you're dumb. Of course, this is going to happen again. All that stuff is going to come back up when, when, when it, things get stressful or, or again, that breakup comes or someone, you know, passes, whatever it could be. So thought pattern interruption does not allow that to set in. And that's, what's very important is again, that negative thought comes up as you attack it no matter what, and you don't stop until it's, it's gone. You can call it whatever you want. I call, I kill mine. You can, you know, wait till it's gone. It's silenced, you know, whatever. I don't make, you know, there, there's no, when cognitive behavioral therapy, you know, making friends with, with your demons or your, your, your voices or, or dancing with them or, or understanding them or working with them. That, that doesn't work. You have to immediately tack them and squash them. But it's thought pattern interruption. That was a big deal for me. The second thing is the journaling. And that's the journaling is again, where the part is, is this is a great opportunity for you to find things a lot quicker when they are happening. In other words, I mean, by find things is finding out where it comes from. And a lot of times you don't. And remember, just like anything tangible or, or, you know, something is broken, um, you you can't fix it. 
unless you know where it comes from. So that's what journaling does. And, and cognitive behavioral therapy is a big supporter and, and, and pushes journaling, or, or certainly that's what I got out of it, which has been huge. Another huge step for me um, is, 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 again, the journaling. And again, I'm going to break it down again so I don't keep repeating myself, but the connecting the dots. So when you journal, it's like you're dealing with, again, someone you're grieving over someone. Okay, whether it is a huge breakup, a marriage for 20 years, or it's a death, whatever, but you're really grieving that relationship. And it's really hard to move past it, and it's disruptive in your life and everything like that. So when those things come up, and you start feeling that deep sadness, and you you pull your journal out, no matter where you are, you carry this journal, you pull it out, and you start writing what you're feeling. And then you also can come up with a checklist. There's a lot of ways you can find checklists online. You can try to find some things to start with, but you develop your own checklist. Where am I right now? Who did I just talk to? What did I just eat? What's the weather doing outside? You know, you do that. And over a period of time, whether it's a few weeks even, or it could be a few months, you're able to go back and look through all when these things happen and you're able to see where some of these triggers are. You know, and a lot of times it is maybe who you talked to or who you bumped into, or maybe you're revisiting places that maybe you need to find another another store to go to that, that's down the street. You know, whatever could be happening, you start finding those dots connect. And then you can go, ah, and you can understand why, you know, uh, uh, what could have occurred at this store that maybe, you know, gets you in that feeling that, you know, um, whatever. So, that's a big piece too. So that's why I'm a firm believer in cognitive behavioral therapy. It's very active in moving you forward, giving you tools and techniques to do that. So you can become, again, to me, cognitive behavioral therapy is built for, for what I, my message, which is being a self-care savage. It is, again, how do, how do we in cognitive behavioral therapists, usually with treatment plans or whatever they develop around you, that, that one of the top goals is is getting you as fast as they can into being able to handle and deal with things in the future yourself, self-therapize, whatever you want to call it, and um, not having to rely on somebody. I always say, I make this one uh, analogy just to kind of give, you know, uh, a context of that. It's like, look, a therapist, you're not going to, Christmas morning or whatever, you know, holidays you celebrate or whatever big events or things like that happen and something occurs that triggers you and you're in a panic and then you're starting to sweat and then you're kind of losing, you know, you know, what, what you need to do. That therapist is not just going to be right there or be a phone call away or, or be able to respond to, to something. So, the goal again is to get you to okay. Here come here, I, here come these feelings. I've worked on this. I know where they come from. Here's what I need to do. I need to remove myself from this situation. I need to uh, drink this or make sure this whatever to get yourself back centered and understanding. But this is not something you need to to, to uh, let go further. Again, the point is is to be able to stop these things before they set in and take you down those paths that never are beneficial to you. And they're not real most of the time. And they're just based upon things that are done and over with or things that haven't even happened. 
again, trying to give you what I think uh, is good about therapy and then connecting cognitive behavioral therapy. I'm not saying that's the best thing for you. I always tell people to do your research around it. Um, but that's what's worked for me because I want, you know, I really wanted to be able to uh, handle things on my own. And I needed all the tools that I could do to do that because what I was dealing with was not, was an everyday, all day thing. And it, it, it and I lived that victim life every morning, waking up, being stressed. What did I, what do I have to fix from yesterday that I broke? What was it? What did I lie about that I have to, I had to cover up, you know, to make sure that this doesn't happen. Just that life of just all, all of that. And, um, this was a way that again, it, I could go after it hard and fast and it felt good and it felt right. And it gave me again, these tools that I could understand, you know, cause I, I'm, I, 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 I want to fight, you know, for myself and I want to fight those things. So again, I know I'm getting a little bit off, but that's what therapy is good. is is really good for. Um, therapists are very important finding the right therapist. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's a great spot to get to the next one too. Um, Cause you said that you were struggling all day, every day, and you know, you kind of had to figure something out, but with that in mind, who do you think could benefit from therapy? Do you think every single person out there could benefit in some way? Or is it only for people with, you know, trauma and uh, issues going on? Um, do, do you have any opinions on that? On who do you think could really benefit from it? Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you can get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, more scheduling flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash SelfCareSavage. That's Better, H-E-L-P dot com slash SelfCareSavage. I think everybody can benefit from therapy if it's not, they're, if they're not using that as the fixer. Again, it's real hard to speak, you know, exactly for anybody and everybody. It's real hard to know what people go through. It's real hard to know what is, has a lot to do with the, you know, the physical part, the physiology, I think is what it's called. You know, the, you know, a lot of people, you know, have uh, phobias and, uh, you know, they have uh, uh, OCD. They have all these things that are very disruptive in their life. And they may just be something that got developed through them growing up as a child, something really had nothing to do with somebody dealing with them, but something they observed and they just always wanted to avoid, avoid it. There's all these, these different things. So anybody that is having an issue mainly with their daily life, 
And there's just things that, that are always interfering with their decisions, uh, how they operate, how they act and react to people that you, it's absolutely therapy is great for that because obviously you're doing that because you are not understanding maybe why you're doing that. You're not able to easily go back and work on it or, or, or understand what you even need to work on. So even the littlest things can turn into really big things as, as you go on. So, and sometimes it's not until something tragic happens or, or again, that death or that big breakup, that relationship or whatever, until that may trigger that. So it's hard. It's therapy's not really designed to where, you know, and no, if you're very healthy and you have done a lot of work and a lot of, 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 and I have a real good understanding of yourself and you, you don't let things set in. You're not someone you get, you are, you understand that what's happens happened and you can either carry that and let it continue to affect you or understand that it's a learning and um, you're just naturally one of those people. There are people out there that are, are naturally able to take care of themselves. So, but across the board, Yes, therapy is available for anybody and also tying in like relationships. Again, marriage counseling, uh, even family therapy, you know, at any level and stage uh, of life. All of those things can be very beneficial in helping, you know, get a better connection. You know, again, I, I don't, it's hard to use exactly what words, but, you know, lots of, lots of relationships are crushed and there's breakups and there's things that happen because people it's scary to go and in, to go into a, a, a counseling um, with someone else, even if you're married to them, even if you've been married to them 10 years, that, you, that you're still full of a lot of shame and things that you haven't even talked about. So it's become real easy to, to, to make the decision not to. It's, it's, it's less painful, believe it or not, to have to go in that environment, work on those things than it is to actually lose someone. So I kind of wrote down, you know, what are some red flags or green flags? You know, red means stop, green means go when looking for a therapist. And by that, I mean either, you know, whether it's behaviors, uh, you know, unethical behavior or whatever, you know, red flag for everybody or for your personal situation, your personal personality or does that make sense oh, you know, along those lines also yeah therapists are they work for you and again i have a lot of experience from childhood with with my mom you know moving through the the process of becoming a a therapist um and uh working out of our home and doing all that being exposed to it continuously her being very unethical in the sense how she brought that into our lives and they're all these people were our friends and you know she those are not good things and I wouldn't recommend finding a therapist like that even though she was great at helping people it's not it's not appropriate um, as far as that goes so you, you just have to find and interview those people and understand that again they work for you they're there to help you with what's going on with you. And if you're not comfortable with them or you're not feeling it, or there's being no progress made, you, you, this is where you have to take care of yourself and take charge again of your, your treatment plan. You have to become an administrator 
and you have to hire these right people, go to these right places, groups, go get involved with, with whatever helps you manage you being as healthy as you can, being better for yourself, so you have more peace and happiness, and you can let that ooze on to everybody else. Red flags and things like that. So again, one of the things is, is, is having an outcome. There's no, if you want to go to therapy and it's, you end up liking therapy and you end up, uh, that you look forward to it and you're, you know, you know, you just got a lot of stuff right now. You're working on this, this, this relationship breakup, but you know that you got stuff with your brother, you got stuff from when you were a kid, you got stuff from this, that, and the other. You know, sometimes that's what people do to stay and and develop getting better. And then, but again, it's being careful that you're that you're not being reliant. That therapist should be helping you again move away from things where you can handle things yourself. Whether that is six months or a couple of sessions, or whether that's you know, you know, several years, just depending on what level. Um, you have to remember too. So going into anything. So therapist. So if you're going to go, so for with me, I needed a, a very strong therapist. I needed someone who was not willing to let me utilize all of the psychological information that I was already armed with to manipulate the situation or, or whatever. So that, that was, that was a very important thing. And, and it was also very important for me to have a therapist that was not only strong, but that was, I, that had been through a lot of the things that I had been through. So red flag, it, when, when you go interview a therapist and you're like, and you're interviewing them for a specific reason, maybe it is for, um, uh, sexual abuse. You know, maybe it was when you were a kid. Again, we always bring up the Uncle Paul, so we're going to throw the uncle under the bus again. So maybe it's an uncle from holidays, whatever it could have been that, that you went through. Now, I'm not saying that therapist needs to have gone through that exact same thing. But just because they have a, a degree which enabled them to get a license through the state to become a therapist, and then they were able to get certified as a sexual abuse counselor does not mean that they can actually identify with that with you. That just means they've learned some techniques. They have a folder full of all these, these little tests you can go through or questions you can answer, and then they can develop some, some things for you to go forward with. Again, my experience growing up, very early age, age seven, watching my mom go through this, practice all through our, our, our house for years, all these things to where then me getting involved in in the in, in that field and where I was an administrator for an adolescent residential treatment center for years in which I uh, hired therapists you know managed therapists you know the, the psychiatrists we had on staff you know a lot of the owned there was five owners and a lot of them had their fingers in what was going on so of course they were on they were my my bosses Um and managed all the mental health techs. We had a horse program. We had all these things. Most of them, the reason they're even in that field is because of they are injured and damaged themselves in some way. And a lot of them don't manage themselves very well. The, and, and those are red flags. Those are, 
you know, the overstepping, you know, boundaries, maybe becoming too intimate. And I don't mean physically, I just mean maybe too intimate outside of therapy or getting off of maybe what's around treatment, maybe sharing too much of that own information of theirs, you know, which has nothing to do with you. Uh, the only thing that should be shared is when you're doing that interview and they're saying, you know, they're saying, look, I do have experience with that. Wasn't exactly me, but I had a younger sister or I had this whatever and I and I that was observed and we went through therapy with it. So I get it and understand it and how the effects it has on people. Again, that's good, solid green light information. Hey, they've just revealed to you that they, they get it and they gave you a little information around that. Now, going through that with you and you guys sitting in there telling war stories and them going, oh, yeah, I remember, oh, God, you know, that that's that's not those are red flags. And a lot of, unfortunately, therapists use therapy that they're doing with other people sometimes to deal with what's their own stuff. So this 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 next question here, I think, is an interesting one. You, what would you say to someone in your life who doesn't want to attend therapy or doesn't think they need it? but you think could definitely benefit from it. How would you approach that kind of situation if you were dealing with somebody close to you? And, 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 you know, to tell you the truth, I am actually, uh, there's, there's a little, little that going on right now. First of all, you can't drive somebody's health, mental health. You're never going to be able to, you can't, unless they're a child, unless they're under adult age, and you are still responsible for them, of course. And then you at that you can make decisions that sometimes uh, maybe they may not be mature enough to and things like that. But if we're talking about adults and talking about friends, co-workers, uh, partners, uh, any kind of relationship to and in, in, whether you're even talking a kid uh, or a adult child talking about a parent or vice versa. If that conversation comes up in in and that person is participating in it all, or they've asked for some advice, or they've they they've come to you just talking to you about things, not necessarily about going to therapy, but talking to you about some struggles and things like that. And then you bring it up, and it's maybe resisted, or I didn't want to go that direction. You know, I don't need to do that, and all that. Um, you know, years ago, I would have let them off the hook. I would have uh, tried to fix it for them like try to find out what was the resistance. And then I would jump in there and help navigate that. Well, I don't have time to go see somebody or I can't find anybody. I don't know who to get. Well, let me, let me take it. Let me look, let me look into that for you. Find some people for you, you know, get you set up and everything like that and, and, and go from there. Bad, bad, bad. That's just a bad way of doing it. What I do now and what I feel is more appropriate, even if I'm dealing with somebody I really love, it's like, look, I'm not, I can't do it for you. And right. And, and here's the thing. You're in pain right now. You, you keep saying you don't see it, but you're screaming and yelling. You're very, very angry. You're, you say it's compartmentalized. It's not affecting the rest of your life. And maybe you don't see it right now, or maybe it's not, but the chances are high that it probably would. And you have to deal with these things. And if you're not able to control yourself, in attempting to deal with these things, this is where therapy is amazing. Find somebody to help you understand more about what's happening and things that you can do to deal with it better. But you need to do that. People don't latch on to things. 
people really, really don't get motivated. People really, and they, and, and when you do things for people and you always have, they have a tendency to let you and want you to do that because that soothes them in some ways a little bit, or that again, lets them off the hook. They don't have to think about it and deal with it. And most of the time when you do that, they don't follow through with it anyway. What I would say <laughs> to someone that I think needs to attend therapy is shut up and freaking go. Right now you're in pain. You don't work. It ain't working in your life, you know, um, around this stuff. And why not? Why not? Why not take take the take the the measures to be to feel better, to to be in a place where when maybe it gets triggered in the future. Or to 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 be able to hold on to maybe an important relationship with a family member or whatever. I don't know what it could be, but right now this is not effective for you, and it's certainly not effective, you know, uh, for anybody else that's around you. And so, guys, in saying all these things that I've talked about, look, we have one of one of the people that we work with on the show. Excuse me, one of the companies called Better Help. And this is, again, um, online therapist where you can uh, uh, schedule, you know, according to your time and things like that. It takes all of the resistance out of taking that step because you can do it right over the computer. You can do it over the phone, um, on your phone, whatever, schedule appointments. You can you, you are able to switch therapists, you know, go through some of those motions if you need to to find the right one. You know, I mean, we, we I talk about it in here in an actual an ad for the company. But I only work with companies that I believe are beneficial. There's a lot of cognitive behavioral therapists in there. And again, utilize that and and no excuses, really, really no excuses. If you feel like you need to take that step, it's not it's it's only going to benefit you in what you're what you're what you're working to to deal with. And it will accelerate it and it will um, you'll learn to be your own your own therapist through the process. That's the goal. Thank you for listening. And I hope my podcast has helped you in some way taking the path to becoming a self-care savage. Make sure to subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.